there's something that happens when you wait. I was sitting in my seat as I was singing that song and I, and I got to thinking about when, whenever I am at a restaurant and I have to wait, I get a little antsy. I start bugging out a little bit, especially if you are hungry, you ain't ate all day and you gotta wait. It get, it get a little tense right up and through the waiting process. But I found something happens when you wait. Number one, it creates some space. And in the process of you waiting, you have these moments, you have this space, you have like these cracks and crevices of your life where God has strategically positioned you to just wait. And in those moments of waiting, something comes with that. There's strength that comes. There's clarity that comes. There's direction that comes. There's encouragement that comes. I don't know about you, but there is something to be said about the fact that absence makes the heart grow fonder. There's something to be said about, I am so glad that I don't get everything I want when I want it. So I dare somebody to just lift their hands wherever you are and start saying, thank you for the wait. Thank you for waiting. Thank you because I did wait. Thank you because I Wait on the Lord. My prayer for you this morning is that you don't get so busy doing that you forget to just be. And sometimes being means you might have to wait. Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice all over this world that we will change our perspective about waiting. Uh, that we will not get so antsy and we won't feel like we have to be so busy, but that we will carve out still moments. And instead of complaining about waiting when we don't expect to, we will wait on purpose. We will purposely wait. We won't make that decision that fast. We won't say yes to that that fast. We will wait. Father, I pray that you would have your way in this place. Do something unusual. Rock our socks. Wreck us. Challenge us and change us. Speak a word that would revolutionize our tomorrow. We thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, and if you're excited about this next season of waiting, I dare you to just get excited and make some noise right there. Woo! Sometimes I get excited about what I don't even know. I don't know about you. It's just something about when, when, when it's tense and it's rough in my life, I start to get excited about what I do not even know. What's up, Change Church? I hope y'all are ready for a word. I really believe like the Lord is about to speak to our hearts this morning. I am so excited and I am so humbled. Come on somebody and say humbled. I am humbled to be standing in this sacred space. Um, I, I, I often think uh, like, like Pastor Ty was saying, you know, when, when you think about Dr. Darius Daniels, he could call anybody. I'm just a little old boy from Oak Cliff, Texas. Come on, somebody who, uh, 
who grew up not knowing what life would bring him. And I cannot believe that life has brought me to this point. And so I give honor where honor is due. I believe that we have the best pastors in the nation, none other than Dr. Darius Daniels and Pastor Shamika Daniels. Would you do me a favor and give them a great round of applause? Come on, all over the world, yo, listen. Everybody ain't got great leaders. We got great leaders and I am so humbled. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir, for everything you've done for my family. I don't have a lot of time, so I want to jump right into this text. Is anybody ready for a word this morning? Online family, if you are ready for a word, here's my opportunity to tell you. Drop some fire in the chat if you are ready. Amen. Go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 28. Chapter number 28, I'm kind of a hybrid preacher. I'm extremely new school, but I love old school preaching. I love the Old Testament as well as I love the New Testament. But today we're going to go where it all began. Genesis chapter 28, starting at verse 10. I'm reading from the NIV. And the word of the Lord declares it like this. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching the heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done, here it is, what I have promised you. He tells him, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. It is my assignment for the next few minutes to, to talk to you briefly using this subject. It's a declaration. Somebody needs to look at somebody or put in the chat, his promise still stands. And they didn't get excited enough. I said his promise still stands. Even if it doesn't look like it's standing, his promises still stand. His promises still stand. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a December baby. Uh, I was born within three days of Christmas and I happen to love Christmas in anything that that perpetuates Christmas what do you mean I love red and green I love lights 
I love trees. I love everything. I love Christmas music. As a matter of fact, right now in my movie rotation, I have to have a Christmas movie rotating. Right now, I am always looking at Fred Claus or Four Christmases. Come on, somebody. I don't know what it is. It can be the summertime. It can be the fall. It can be the spring. I got to have something that is perpetuating Christmas in my life. But if you're like me and you like Christmas, one of the greatest things about Christmas is what? Gifts. That's for the saved people. I'm talking about, listen, listen, listen. Areas the saved people say, it, Jesus. No, no, no. I'm talking about them gifts. I'm talking about what's under that tree. I'm talking about them presents where somebody is spending their hard-earned money on me. I like gifts. And I don't know about you, but it's something to be said about when there's a gift that I can see that I might not know what it is. It does something in me. It is something about people who can wrap gifts. I'm not one of those people. If you ever get a gift from me, it'll look like I literally took a whole roll of gift paper and I twisted it on both sides. You will automatically know that was from Brandon right there because I can't wrap gifts. But the God I serve is the best gift wrapper. He knows how to wrap gifts in a way that even though it may look a certain way or may feel a certain way, it may be heavy, it may be light, you never know what he's putting on the inside of something he wrapped and watch this I found out in life that God is such the gift wrapper sometimes he wrapped a gift called promises in something called pain sometimes he, he wraps this gift called promise in, in pain and you don't know that there's promise on the inside because all you can see is the pain that it takes to get to the promise. People of God, watch this. There are so many things I've learned in life. And one of those is which, that somehow, some way, a lot of things in life are just hard to deal with. And I've come to the conclusion that one of the hardest things to deal with in life is anything you gotta deal with that causes pain. It's hard. It's, it's, it's one thing for somebody to break up with you and you didn't like them no way. It's, 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 it's one thing to fall and, and you, got, you got knee pads or, or elbow pads on or, or a bodysuit on. But it's a whole nother thing that when something happens in your life and the result of it is pain. Uh, watch this. No matter the situation, how it was or how it is, the situation alone is never the problem. It's the pain associated with the situation that causes the problem. And here lies a universal truth. Watch this. Most of us remain in neutral in our lives because we have a problem with pain. Right? What do you mean neutral? I mean, you're not going backwards. But you're not going forward. And that's what pain does. Why? Because pain has the propensity to produce paralysis. And whether you know it or not, there is something that has hit your life that's caused you to sit still. There's something that has hit your life that caused you to not believe. Pain is paralysis. If you've ever fallen off a bike, while you was going really fast, then you're no stranger to pain. Watch this, you may not recall when you fell or how you fell. You may not even remember what you did to cause the fall. But what you do remember is the pain associated with the fall. 
Consequently, though, there are many of us, because of the pain of falling, we have never gotten back up and tried it again. Why? Because pain will make you forget how capable you were before the pain hit. Pain, it has this, it has this, this thing about it that'll make you just forget that you were just riding the bike. And then you fail and it hurt, so you said, I'll never get back on the bike. Because it produces something in you called fear. Yeah, I'm scared. And it's not that you're scared of that. You're scared of what that means. You're scared of what that did. You're not scared of them. You're scared of somebody else. And, and it looks like them. Pain produces in us fear. And it is important for me to underscore right here. You cannot live life and not be akin to pain. I wish... I don't know who, who preached the message when, they, when you got saved, but I wish they would have told you that this life ain't all smiling Hallmark cards. I, I, wish, I wish somebody would have told me the moment I said yes, it got a little harder. I wish somebody told me that the moment I said yes to Jesus, Jesus became a mirror, and all Jesus did was show me myself. Before, Watch this. This is why sometimes you got to like pat yourself on the back when you're struggling. Why? Because a struggle is only an indication that there's something else on the other side telling you not to do what you would do. Right? So I'm only struggling because I have Jesus. If I didn't have Jesus, it wouldn't be a struggle. So sometimes you got to say, because I'm struggling with that, I'm getting somewhere. Because there was once a season in my life where I didn't struggle with that. I just did it. There's something about pain. And I don't know if it's you, but I'm telling you this morning, you cannot allow the pain to make you not get back up on the thing that you once did before. Now watch this. So the question then becomes, how do I confront pain? Most would say, I confront pain by running. I confront pain by avoiding. But you actually confront pain by remembering. I feel like preaching. You actually confront pain by remembering. What do you mean remembering? Ah, when something hurts so bad, the only way you can confront how much it hurt is to remember how bad it hurt. Because when you remember how bad it hurts, you tell yourself, I will never do that again. And some of us who like cycles, I often ask myself, it must not hurt bad enough. Because when it hurts bad enough, you will never do that again. I don't know about y'all, but I'm one of them people where they say don't touch the fire. And something on the inside of me says, yo, Brandon, I don't know about them. You should probably touch the fire. And I'll never forget. Right. I went from a, a from a gas stove in the hood. And then when, when I when I grew up a little bit, they had electrical stoves. And the electrical stoves didn't look as bad as the gas stoves. I could see the flames on the gas stove, but on the electrical stove, it almost made you feel like, how's the food even cooking? So one day I said to myself, ah, I don't see fire. I see red rings around the stove. Let me touch the red ring. And I touched it, and not only did it burn me, watch this, it left a mark. Not only did it hurt, but it left me a reminder 
of what happens when I do the thing I was told not to do. And I want to submit to somebody, some pain is self-inflicted. Other pain is pain you signed up for. Some pain is like, I didn't even, I didn't even know it was going to hurt. And then there's some pain that's like, I don't even care if it hurt. I'm doing it. Pain does something to you that you don't even understand. But here's why God is not tripping about a little pain. Have you ever wondered why God doesn't trip because you trip? Have you ever wondered why even when it hurts, he don't trip? Even, even when it's uncomfortable, he don't trip. Here's why. Because God uses pain. Right? And he uses pain publicly. <sighs> he only makes your pain public to give your promise a platform. What do you mean? I'm preaching right now on pain. I, I, I'm serving on pain. Everything that I am doing, I am doing because the platform I'm standing on is this platform called pain. And I don't know about you, but this life has a way of really, 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 really making me think about all of the pain. And here's what I never think about. Is that even though that caused pain, I got past the pain. Even though it hurt, I got past the hurt. See, this is why remembering is important. Because when you go through pain, and pain becomes paralysis, in the middle of your paralysis, you gotta remember that I felt this before. I've been here before. And just like I got out of that, I can and will get out of this. Ah, because pain begins to form what you believe. And then your belief informs what you do. And so every time pain hits you, you got to counteract it with a belief. Every time you have to counteract it. Watch this. You also need to be aware that, that, that the fact mentally you can have the same gift, but also spiritually. What do you mean? That in your spirit, you can be experiencing pain. In your spirit, it's like, I don't feel like worshiping. I, I don't feel like going to church. I, everything is going wrong around me. Why am I praising? Why would I jump? Why would I do? But these are the moments uh, where you come into the house of God and the pain hurts so bad, you don't have to wait for a worship leader. These are the moments, y'all ain't not hearing me. These are the moments where you walk in, listen, you don't gotta get me to a 10, I come on a 10. Why? Because I understand that I could not get rid of this on my own, and now that I'm here, I'm gonna do something about it. I'm gonna praise through my pain. I'm gonna worship through my pain. I am giving my pain back to him. Now watch this, now what did my intro have to do with Genesis chapter 28. I'm glad you asked. Because right now we're, we're, we're watching Jacob in one of the most painful seasons of his life. It's easy if you just start at verse 10, you think that everything is great because he gets a visitation from God. But Jacob is actually on the run. He's actually running from his brother who wants to kill him. Jacob is actually not welcome in his home anymore. Jacob is going through pain. And in the middle of his pain, God showed me something. That sometimes God uses pain as a distraction. He uses pain as a deterrent. Because a lot of the times we are trying to find out how 
how God is going to come through. And if we are well, we will start to overanalyze what God is doing. And when it doesn't look like he's doing what we think he should be doing, we don't act like he's doing it. It made sense in my head. So what he does is he uses pain as a distraction. What do you mean? It is only because Jacob was in pain that he was in the desert. I feel like running. It is, it is only because Jacob, Jacob was in pain that he was laying his head on a rock. It is only because Jacob was in pain that he finds himself with nobody around. Just him and the stars and the moon and the quasars. And it's just him and his pain. And the Bible says that at an unexpected time, in an unexpected place, God visits him. He visits him, watch this, and he does something extremely significant. He visits him and he reminds him of a promise. What do you mean? He, he, he reminded him of a promise because here's, here's the problem. When all you see is a God that gets you out, you stop believing in the God who can bless you while you in. So what happens is some of the pain is actually for our benefit. But because we don't like pain, our prayer is get me out. When our prayer should be God, whatever you're doing, keep me in. So in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his situation, God visits him because God knows when to come. Can I say it again? He knows when to come. Online, he knows when to come. Ask Lazarus. God knows when to show up. Ah, watch this. As long as it's alive, you don't need him. As long as you're still dealing, you don't need him. As long as you still got your hand on it, you don't need him. Ah, come here, Lazarus. He waits until Lazarus does one thing. Lazarus didn't say nothing sweet. He didn't jump. He didn't worship. He didn't cry. He died. And when he died, the answer to pain showed up. And he showed up saying, I was waiting for you to die ah, and I got to thinking what if instead of trying to keep stuff alive you would just what if 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 you just start killing stuff what if if you just start laying down what if you just start taking your hand off and then the answer will show up he don't show up while you're wrestling he don't show up while you because you're confused he don't show up right my confusion doesn't make him move quick he shows up when I can't do nothing else about it. Because God specializes in what you can't do, not in what you can. So he shows up with Jacob. And this is so dope. Watch this. He says, Jacob, this is your promise. And it is the same promise I promised your father. And it is the same promise I promised your grandfather. This is so dope. Because at this point, his name is still Jacob. Ah, watch this. So he's telling the trickster, you still got a promise. He 
he's telling he's telling the murderer you, you still got a problem he's telling he's telling the one who did wrong you still got a problem he's telling the one people counted out you still got a problem I don't care where you are you still have a promise and just because you're not standing does not mean his promise is not standing I don't know I don't know about you but I've been in some seasons in my life where I felt like he 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 cannot hear me surely he don't hear me even more so I know he don't see me he cannot he cannot be watching me go through all of this and even when I'm praying he doesn't answer See seasons in your life where it's like I am trying to find out what this is about. And watch this pain hurts even worse when you're not sure you're supposed to have it. Ah, that went over somebody's head. The body responds to pain when the body knows pain is coming. So although it hurts, the body still shields you from all of the pain. That's what nerves are for. So the body, when it can anticipate pain, does something to help with the pain. Pain hit a little different when you ain't supposed to feel it like that. It's like, why am I dealing with this and you're not showing up? Why am I going through this and you're not showing up? God told me to tell you this morning that he shows up at the height of your pain. He shows up at the moment pain does one thing, it starts to make you conscious. Somebody lied to me, y'all, and told me way back in the day when I got a tattoo, way back in the day, years ago, they said, oh, it don't hurt. Then I thought I was cool. You know what, one of my friends, and, and I hope he watching somewhere around the world, his, his name was Darren Flowers. Darren Flowers was the coolest dude. He was cute, he was nice looking. All the girls liked him, and they liked him because of these earrings he wore. And I went up to Darren one time and I said, Darren, I gotta give me some earrings like that, man. This is before I knew anything about Cuban Zirconia. I was like, yo, I gotta get some of them diamonds, bro. He was like, man, I'm gonna take you, let me take you to the spot where, where I got these earrings. He took me to a spot called Claire's. Yes. Y'all too saved. He took me to a spot called Claire's. And, and, and I'm like, okay, so Claire is gonna put the diamonds in my ear? He was like, no, you're gonna pick your own diamonds. I picked the biggest diamonds that Claire's had. But the problem was, in order to get the diamond in my ear, they had to put a hole in it. And I said, Darren, these things say magnets. I'm gonna get these. He said, no, bro, them ain't gonna work. Your earlobe's too big. You need to get your ears pierced. And he said, oh man, don't worry about it. It ain't gonna hurt. But because I wanted to look cute, and get them diamonds. I sat down and she snapped that, I don't know what it was. And when I say it hurt so bad, it is a gun. I said it hurt so bad and, 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 and I had to ask myself, is being cute worth this pain? 
Y'all miss what I said? I had to ask myself, is, is being accepted worth this pain? Because everything is going to cost you something. The question is, what are you willing to pay? Do you have to pay with pain? Let me, let me get out of here. Watch this. Now notice when God speaks to Jacob, he's speaking to him about a promise and a covenant that he's made with his grandfather. And he's reestablishing this covenant with him in the middle of pain, in the middle of confusion. He's reestablishing his promise. This is powerful because he does not take him out of it. He only gives him affirmation. He only reassures him. And what, I'm, what I, what I, what I, what I want to tell you is what you think is God not coming through is actually him coming through because he's reassuring you with a word like this. Listen, I know you're hurting, but you got a promise. Listen, I know it ain't right, but you got a promise. I know you're confused, but you got a promise. I know you got anxiety, but you got a promise. And the promise now has to be enough. Here's why. Because we got to get out of the habit of thinking we need him. Because what he's thinking is you don't need me, you just need my word. Y'all missed it. It's like, it's like the disciples. Yo, when I leave, I mean, what are y'all going to do? Hey, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Why are y'all tripping? You got my word. And so what we do is we come to church and the word ain't enough because we need him. And he's saying, I am my word. I am my word and my word is me. If you get my word, you get me. Watch this. Let me end it right here. So now you understand why in the Old and New Testament, God is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice he didn't say I'm the God of Israel. I need to talk to somebody online. Notice he didn't say I'm the God of Israel because when he changes his name, that's when the good stuff start happening. No, he's saying he's letting the world know I will forever be the God of your bad side. I will forever be the God of what's not right. I will forever be the God of your confusion. I will forever be. He doesn't have to make you good for his promises to stand. And I don't know where you are in your life, but while you're out there on the limb, I need you to know his promise, it still stands. While you're confused and you don't really know about this church thing, his promise still stands. While you're hurting and you don't know how you're going to be healed, his promise still stands. But the only way to know his promise still stands is to understand that what God does is he partner with you. He partners with you. So he does his part and then we have to do our part. Watch this. Number one, because everybody does points. How do you do your part? Number one, you remember God's promises. You remind yourself of what he said, when he said it. You remind yourself of where you were. You remind yourself of what the promise actually did at that moment. Right? It's like you get a word and then like it, it invigorates you, it revives you. And then two years later you forget but that same word has the same power. I feel like running. That same word has the same power. So sometimes you got to remind yourself 
and remember God's promises. Number two, once you remember what they are, you got to stand on them. You got to stand on them. You got to understand that the enemy, his main job is to make you catch amnesia. Right? It's like, it's like, it's like everybody want to blame everything on the enemy except your amnesia. You, you forgot he came through? You, you forgot he did that? You forgot he made that way? You forgot he opened that door? Last but not least, this is what we have the hardest time doing, and that is you have to submit to that promise, though. You, you have to hoop a tassel. You have to get under it. It's, it's something dope about, I ain't got time to unpack it, about how God comes and speaks to Jacob at the point of him laying down on a rock. It's he, he's under something. You have to learn that what God says is for you to submit to. He's not just saying for you to hear it. He's saying so that you submit to it. And if you can get the ability to just remember what he promised, stand on that, and then submit to it, every time you find yourself in a desert like Jacob, you will get what Jacob got in the desert, a visitation, a reassurance, an encouragement. He'll pick you up right where you are. My son... It's 20 years old now, about to be 21, pray for me, in college. And I remember in third, fourth grade, third, fourth grade, whenever the, I'm so old now, whenever the, the, the PlayStation first came out, he was in elementary school, and I remember it was like three or four weeks before his report card came out. And he came to me one day and he said, Daddy, can I get the PlayStation? And I said, um, you know, that thing is a little expensive for daddy right now. But I tell you what, if you get all A's and you do good in school, I'm gonna get you that PlayStation. He asked me this question, he said, you promise? And I said, yes son, I promise. Uh, about three weeks go by and the parent-teacher conference comes up where we can go get the report cards early. So I show up to the school and they have all of the teachers meeting in the, the, the lunchroom, in the cafeteria. I walk in the cafeteria and all these little kids run up to me and they say, are you Jalen's daddy? Are you Jalen's daddy? Are you Jalen's daddy? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what the, what's going on? What happened? What'd he do? And they said nothing. He told us, you promised him a PlayStation if he got all A's. I said, I did. He said, well, we looked at his report card and he got all A's. So are you going to get the PlayStation? I said, yes, because I promised him I would. And the Lord showed me something. In that moment, what my son was doing was standing on his daddy's promise. And God told me to tell you, sometimes all you have is a promise. And the only way that the promise comes is that you stand on it. Sometimes all you have is a word, but the word comes for you to stand on. I don't, 
don't know who I'm talking to in here, but you got to stand on the promises of your daddy. You got to stand on his word. You got to stand on his promise. Because even you know you may not be standing. As we saw, Jacob wasn't standing. But God's promises sure were. Right? When, when, when Abraham gets the promise, he acts, watch this. Can, y'all, can, y'all, can I just say this prophetically? Watch this. Some of us are the recipients of promises God made to our grandfathers. We are the recipients of somebody's prayer and we are the manifestation. We, we are the answer to that. So what are you saying? Abraham died, but the promise didn't. Isaac dies, but the promise didn't. Ah, what are you saying? Some of y'all need to stand on promises he didn't even make you. It's in my blood. He he, he promised somebody something. And as long as I'm living, I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to believe when it ain't nothing else to do. I'm going to believe the impossible. I'm going to believe he can do anything but fail. I'm going to believe he's going to come through right in the nick of time. I'm going to believe that this is not the end. I'm going to believe I still have more. I'm going to believe he still got something stored up for me. I'm going to believe my spouse is still on the way. I'm going to believe that job is for me. I'm going to stand on promises I don't even know. My prayer for you this morning is that I got up here and sweated in all this black and these tight jeans for you to walk away saying to yourself I do got a promise I do I sure do I do got a promise he did tell me some stuff that I have yet to see manifestation is my destination I'm going to where he's going to be I want to pray for you and my prayer is not that God does anything my prayer is that you do something and that is that you don't ask him to remind you of a promise you need to remind yourself of father I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that we will be so diligent and seeking after the things that you've said that we will find ourselves in a place and space of remembering moments and seasons and times where you said something that boosted our energy and invigorated us it revived us and father i'm praying that we would understand that that word that promise has the same power that even though we may not be standing, your promises still stand. That even though we may not hear clearly, your promises are still being spoken. And that this word was my word. It is my reassurance that you still got me. That you're still with me. And may we be like the woman on her way to see the prophet with a dead son at home. And when the servant asked her, is everything okay? May it be our testimony that we reply like she did and we say, all is well. All is good. 
It don't look good, but it's good. It don't feel good, but it's good. May that be our promise we stand on, that you are good all the time. And all the time, you are good. Be exalted in our lives. Be exalted in our hearts. Change us into who you want us to be. And may your promises forever stand. In Jesus' name.